0: Welcome back to Dark Storage from the Campfire. For today's tale, we follow our narrator who, in a desperate attempt at finding food during a winter storm, comes across a hidden festival and discovers the horrific truth of why they're in attendance. We present to you, Mummer's Night. It was during Christmas time, many years ago, when I found myself in the unpleasant condition of poverty. the land had become sick with plague, and rot stretched in all directions. For weeks each morning I would be aroused from my bed by the ringing of a bell, followed by wheels of a cart, slowly being pushed down the street. It was brief, however, for by the time the bell and cart had reached the end of the last row of houses, the noises had faded, making way to once again allowing the cold wind to return, and beat upon my door and rattle the window-latches while specks of snow crept through the cracks, leaving thin rows of bright white along the openings of my dwelling. Hunger pangs had crippled me. Confined to my bed, I was but an invalid, and nearly dormant, and all I could do was wrap myself up in blanket after blanket. Survival, of course, was a grave concern, and while I did have some dried meat left over from the end of the hunting season, my diet mainly consisted of hot water mixed with some herbs. The little energy I'd had each day was spent maintaining the constant fire burning within the hearth. At night, when the aches and pains of my joints prevented sleep, the glow from the fire was a welcomed companion. I would watch the dancing shadows for hours, letting my mind wander, and imagine figures within the light before exhaustion took over, and I would drift into an uneasy slumber, and uneasier dreams. In the end, it was desperation that pulled me from the shadows of the house and out into the snow. Hunched over, I waited for the bell to fade into the wind, like I had done so many times before. Grabbed my hunting kit, resting the package upon my shoulder. Prior to setting out, I finished the last of my dried meat, for all the strength I could muster would be required for the journey. Even so, what good would it do should I not return? I said my blessings and left. Determined that some animal, perhaps to forage, would have left the safety of their own dens as well, and found itself unprotected and exposed to the elements. The street, unsurprisingly, was empty. The only sound filling the vacant road was the sound of my footsteps against the snow. A few faces appeared in the window frames of the passing houses, beneath which barely visible hands made the sign of the cross before vanishing back in their homes, candlelight taking their place. By the time I reached the edge of town, the wind had begun to pick up. The beginning of the tree line had been obscured by the snow whipping around me. The hunting pack began to feel heavier, and the constant adjustment never eased the load. I continued on, scanning the ground every few minutes, looking for any signs of animal tracks or foliage peeking above the layer of snow. I trudged deeper into the woods, using each tree in front of me to lean upon as my weary legs fought against buckling. I dared not stop and tried to keep pace as much as possible, even though every breath froze and burnt in my throat and chest. It was probably about midday when the visibility became clearer. The trees had come to a standstill and the snow below my feet lessened in density. The air also seemed clearer and for the first time I sent out, I was able to take deep breaths. Dropping my hunting kit in front of me, I stopped briefly to take an inventory of my surrounding environment. I had been at this spot before several times throughout my life this is where i had found game to be the most plentiful but with the bareness of the trees before me and the cold further settling in there was a haunting feeling all around me quickly i searched once again for any indication of life but with great disappointment for there was none to be found and yet not far from me just beyond a few trees there was an apparent dent in the snow there were two, actually, as I discovered once I had drawn closer. Two lines running parallel to another, cutting deep to the snow. My eyes followed the lines they weaved between the trees and off into the distance. Seeing no choice otherwise, I decided to follow the tracks. Someone was using this route to travel either to or from the town. Either way, I concluded, they had to lead somewhere. Following the tracks for some time, I began to wonder how much longer I would have to travel, how much distance would be covered in a snowstorm that had only recently ceased. Stranger still, footprints began to appear next to the lines, not consistent or even following the tracks themselves, but almost at random intervals, as though someone was walking towards the parallel lines, but not away. I followed the path and traveled further on. It was nightfall by the time I reached the track's end, and while the scenery before was easily recognizable, the place I now found myself in was unfamiliar, and the forest itself seemed denser. I looked back down at the tracks and tried to see in the fading light if they picked up at another spot, or maneuvered around to a different area, but they had not. I took a few paces forward, hoping that perhaps I could find a landmark or a hill that would identify my location. This, of course, was in vain, for everywhere I stepped, the branches began to get lower, and the distance between the trees grew less and less. I tried to turn back, to retrace my steps back to the lying track, but that too became impossible. For whatever footprints I may have made in the snow just moments prior were now gone, evaporated as though I had never stepped there before. I tried not to panic, to calm my nerves and breathe, but there was only a single thing I was certain of, and that is, I was lost. It had no way of finding my way back. And it was in this moment that I heard a familiar sound. The bell. It was off in the distance and I initially didn't believe it. But I assure you it was the sound of the same bell that had aroused me out of bed each morning for the last few weeks. And it was then I realized the tracks I must have been following had belonged to the cart that wasn't long after the bell. After a few moments of silence, I heard the bell once more but closer this time, and I could tell it was coming right in front of me. Squeezing myself between the ever-tightening trees, I forced myself forward, determined to discover its origin. I found myself in the edge of a clearing, where in the middle stood a two-story house with a single torch lit by the door. I approached delicately, for the sun had finally set, and the only light I could see was the torch in front of the door. Not another soul could I see, nor any indication of where the sound of the bell had come from, nor could I see the cart that had undoubtedly made the tracks I had followed earlier. Upon reaching the house, I looked around once more, for I thought in those few moments that perhaps the bell had been attached to the house, and the wind merely shook it. The bell was not there, nor any attachment that a bell could hang off of. For several minutes, I stood by the torch, listening for any movement or footsteps that would indicate something else was out there. Or, at least to let whatever may be hiding in the darkness know that I was present. When nothing was heard, I turned my attention back to the house and peered into the window. Nothing much could be seen in an old table with two broken chairs. I squinted to see deeper inside, but to no avail. At length, I knocked at the door. When no answer came i knocked again then thrice when no response followed do i dare call out placing my shaking hands on the door latch i pushed down opened the door and entered my visibility wasn't much different than what i had seen in the window luckily half a candle lay at one of the legs of the table pulling a pack of matches out of my hunting pack i lit the candle and held it out in front of me Before me lay, amongst other broken furniture and faded rugs, were mounds of white sheets. I gently stepped deeper into the front room, exposing more of the space with the light of the candle. Some of the walls had collapsed, and I could see more sheets scattered throughout. As I made my way towards the back of the house, I heard a shifting from upstairs. Proceeding back to the front door, and the foot of the staircase, more and more movement was heard. But alas, as I took my first step upon the stairs, from outside music began to swell. VLs, harps, flutes, and drums, at first somber and slow before picking up speed, turning more and more festive. The clearing, once empty and dark, was now illuminated by dozens of torches. Giving up my investigation of the house and the sounds from upstairs, I exited and made my way back into the clearing. A stage was set up in one corner where players were performing, while opposite musicians were their instruments. Between the two, a fierce fire raged. One would not have been mistaken, had they thought it was being set up for the Christmas festival. But a festival for who? Other than the actors and musicians, no one else was around. I watched the display before me for some time, and felt the warmth of the fire. But no sooner had i grown accustomed to the performances the actors and the musicians abruptly stopped and turned towards the far side of the woods following the silence again came the sound of a bell ringing rhythmically and more melodic than i was used to hearing i took a few steps towards the edge of the clearing to get a better view of what they were saying for a while there was nothing but the ringing of the bell then two rows of masked individuals Six each emerged from the woods, the last two pulling ropes attached to something as yet I could not identify. It was only when both lines were almost to the bonfire that the shape began to take form. And in the firelight glow, a cart entered the clearing, filled with dozens of people, aristocracy and commoner alike, laughing and talking while empty wine bottles fell out of each side. When the cart finally came to a rest, The new guests spilled out of the cart and demanded the musicians play. As requested, they did. Slowly, the occupants spread out across the clearing, some dancing to the music, others watching the players' performance, and still a few others playing games. For fear of being caught attending a gathering I was not supposed to be attending, I stayed back in the shadows of the tree line. As I watched, a sudden burst of cheering erupted from the guests as they all turned towards the house. A long line of figures exited the doors of the house, all dressed in patched-up clothes and wearing masks, much like the mummers I have seen in other festivals and made their way down towards the festival, where they dispersed and took on other roles, becoming jugglers, jesters, dancers, and mimes amongst the guests. For hours I watched the ebb and flow of the people from the cart, as well as the performances, and listened to the music. They cheered at the wondrous feats the figures from the house engaged in, as well as laughed at the pantomime jokes. But as the night wore on, I could feel the music getting faster and more intense. And over time, the loose group of people celebrating the festival, moved closer to the fire, began forming a circle. Mummer, aristocrat, and commoner, side by side and alternating every third person. Taking up hands, they all began dancing around the fire in a clockwise motion. It was once the cheerful mood had grown most somber still the circle danced on apparently unaware of the shift it was during their second revolution that forced me to take more notice than i originally had there in the motion with everyone else was a figure that looked identical to me keeping to the edge of the clearing i circled with the dancers trying to maintain the same speed they were going attempting to get a better look only glimpses did i catch the side of the face from time to time frantically i followed not believing it to be true I began yelling out my own name and waving my hands, but it was as though I didn't exist, for no one turned to acknowledge my yelling. It didn't matter anyway. The music had hit its crescendo, and the circle spun faster and faster. I could hear weeping here and there as though mourners were just off to the side, out of sight, and as the music hit its high note, the circle stopped and the clearing fell silent. Without a word, I watched in horror as the guest, one by one, thrust themselves in the fire before them, stoically, as though being cremated. When the last guests had entered the flames, the bonfire faded and the clearing once again was dark, save a single torch burning out in front of the house. As daybreak hovered over the tree lines, I remained huddled at the corner of the clearing, not sure how to interpret what I had just witnessed. More snow had fallen during the last few hours of the night, blanketing the ground and hiding any proof of what had happened. Finally, I stood and stumbled my way over to the house. By the time I stood back in the front door, the odor was already noticeable and only grew stronger the deeper I went into the house. Everything looked the same it had been hours before. This time I made my way upstairs. Much like below, mounds of white sheets littered the hallway and adjacent rooms that is, of the rooms that had not dissolved away from time to the first floor. I could feel the floorboard's bow with each step, forcing me to tread carefully between the mounds. What I was looking for I did not know, but I knew some answer lay there, and it was an answer I was not prepared for. As I entered the upstairs hallway I bent down to lift up one of the sheets and stumbled back and fell in horror. Around me, I lifted up more of the sheets before racing downstairs and pulling the rest of the sheets back. As I stood in the middle of the front entry room, I was surrounded by bodies in various states of decomposition. Some were so fresh their skin had only begun to rot away, while others were merely ash and bone. I felt dizzy. Stumbling outside, I breathed deeply, trying not to become sick. I closed my eyes and tried to block out the images of the bodies. Regaining my composure, I ran towards the forest and out of the clearing. It didn't take long before I found myself back into a familiar territory. Quickly, I made my way back to town and my home. It has been many years now, and I know that I shall never be able to leave this house.